0: Hello, and welcome to When Passion Meets Profit. This is a podcast dedicated to real-life stories told by ordinary people. And you know what they did? They discovered their passion, and then they learned they could make a very good living, a great living, actually, using the talents and skills that they came into this world with. I'm Patricia Oldrain. I'm your host for this podcast. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to When Passion Meets Profit. This is the podcast that actually gives you permission to make a great income doing what you love. Guest after guest has proven they have found the answer, and today is no exception. I'm Patricia Noldrain, your host for this episode of Hey, what is an Enneagram? It's quite foreign to me, people. I can't tell you about much. The reason I chose Jen for this is she's a certified Enneagram coach. And when you work with Jen, people improve their communication style. Now, I think that everybody should, including myself. You work through confidence, you build self-awareness, and all of this is done with the Enneagram. She asks big questions that lead to big dreams, ideas, and a big living. Welcome, Jen Whitmer, our wonderful Enneagram certified coach. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Patricia. I'm thrilled to talk to you. Yeah, I am too, Jen. And I love your background. You know, everyone, Jen was an educator like me, and she branched out and started speaking to audiences about her gifts. And she also became a coach. And I I think every single teacher out there should be a coach and a speaker. I've always felt that because here they are in this classroom teaching these wonderful people, and they don't even realize the gifts that they have. And Jen, I'm sure you're no exception. I bet when you stepped out into the world of solopreneurship, you just were like amazed at how many gifts you have.
1: I mean, it was so odd because I had never, ever, ever in my whole life said, oh, I want to own my own business. Mm -hmm. That was (laughs) was not part of the plan. Mm -hmm. I wanted to move from being a teacher to a school administrator and then move on to teaching pre-service teachers in universities. But when I took that step, you know, that that step of valor and where you're shaking in your boots and you do it anyway, I discovered a different kind of freedom that I didn't know was possible. And it it was like, oh, as much as I fit in that world of education, it's like now I fit in a bigger place because I'm still getting to help people learn and grow. It's just it's just now with adults in a, in a different and bigger way. So it's it's been really exciting.
0: Yeah, I always said, you know, I taught second grade. And so I always looked out at an audience and said, <laughs> I don't feel this is any different than me being in the second grade. It's just that all of you got taller in your chairs. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> they just got taller. It is so true. Mm-hmm, very true. Well, Jen, the very first thing, because see, I'm not really familiar with it either, as many of my people listening. What is an Enneagram? Absolutely. So I love this question
1: because I think there's lots of different words out there that people are like, what? And so mm-hmm, we get mm-hmm. any what? Some people have heard it floating around and some people have some definitions that I think are unhelpful. Uh, so I like to describe the Enneagram as a personality framework. So what the Enneagram does is like any personality framework, it helps us understand ourselves, that self-awareness piece how the Enneagram is different than those other great ones out there like Finders, Myers-Briggs, Colby, DISC, you know, all mm-hmm. those different ones that I've done a lot of work with before in my leadership capacities. But the Enneagram shows us why we do what we do. You know, if you've done MBTI or Strengths Finders, it shows you kind of how you do stuff and and what you do. And what the Enneagram does is it digs underneath that and says, but why? What's motivating you? And what's scary about the Enneagram, and in full transparency, it is a little bit scary, it's showing us a lot about what we fear. And and when fear is our motivation, we don't always make the best choices. And so if we can discover, oh, I'm being motivated by this fear, how can I shift that? How can I make a different choice? How can I tell myself a truth? How can I rewrite this story? That then changes how we communicate with people, how we develop relationships, how we run our businesses. All of those aspects can then be changed because we brought this fear out into the light. And so the Enneagram is helping us understand what are these deep motivations that are behind how we think, feel,
0: and act in the world. Well, what a great definition. The the thing is, is, as you were talking, I thought, I just know in my business, people hate to be boxed in and called Mm. anything. It makes them crazy. Totally. So I wondered if that happens to you when you're like hired by a company to come in and do the Enneagram on maybe their staff or something. Do you have a pushback on that?
1: I think that is a common, it's a common concern and honestly, a common fear. Mostly I get that question when people don't know what are we gonna do with this? How mm-hmm. are you gonna use this? That's where that fear comes out, and my goodness, that's legit. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is that is a legit fear. And I was just last week. I traveled. I live in St. Louis, and I'd gone to Memphis to help a team. And I was doing an enneagram a communication workshop with this team. And I I started out the way I started all out. It was like, here are some ground rules about how we're going to use the Enneagram. And that immediately brings people's fear down. They're like, oh, okay. You know, I've talked with your leader. We've made these commitments. This is how this is going to play out when I leave. And that gives people the security to know that we're not going to use this as a sword. It's not something to attack people with. And we're not going to use it as a shield to protect us from bad behavior. And that's what people are really scared about. Like, is this going to... Uh, is this going to be used against me in some way Mm -mm. or other people going to use this to, you know, skirt responsibility. So that's always something that I start with. And then some people still have that concern. Like I'm, I'm not just one thing. I'm I'm all these things. And I'm like, a hundred percent you are all these things. Mm -mm. What the Enneagram shows us is that we have already put ourselves in a box. I'm not putting you in a box. We've all put ourselves in a box. It just shows you which one you're in. And then the joy and beauty of using the Enneagram is that it is dynamic. It shows you how you move, how we get stressed, how we grow when we feel secure. And so it's not like it's saying you are going to be stuck this way forever. It's saying you're in this box. Now, how do you use it to help other people? How do you use this in your life to make healthy choices? You're already there. I'm just, it's just that's how we, we don't think that we're there. And so we have to grow by looking at the parts of ourselves. We don't always like, we don't always want to admit that part. Mm -hmm. And as somebody Mm -hmm. who is extremely positive, i still find that truth very frustrating, but it is a great truth in our lives that we grow the most. When we look at the parts of ourselves, we don't like. So when people are afraid they're boxed in often, it is a fear that means I can't ever change. And that's not what the Enneagram is. Good the Enneagram is showing you where you are, so then you can
0: grow. That's great. I mean, that's really a good point that you just made, because I, I definitely have had pushback mm-hmm. on, even when I'm doing a communication grid and saying, you're really an extrovert and you're really, uh, you know, the, the communicator or whatever, They just they just get so upset. Mm-hmm. But then they finally calm down after a while, knowing it's just a tool. Just one more tool, you know. Absolutely. One other thing that I often
1: communicate is that the Enneagram is the beginning of the journey. The Enneagram is the map in the journey, and if you think about a growth pattern, first of all, you have to know where you start. And so, you know, like, oh, I have to. I'm here. So that's the first step in that map. But if if we were going to go, you know, climb a mountain, I was just in Utah, so that's fresh top of mind. If we're going to go climb a mountain. I'm going to need some other tools along the way besides my map. I'm going to need some water. I'm going to need some poles. I'm going to to need Mm -hmm. some sunscreen. And so the Enneagram is showing us some really important things about our journey, where we start, how do we get to where we want to go, but we also have to add to it other things because by itself, it's not everything. You've got to have some solid communication skills that go with it. You have to learn how to make decisions. You have to learn how to use it to relate and connect with people. You have to learn how to use what you know from the Enneagram to solve conflict. And all of those other skills are components, but we just start with the Enneagram, again, because of those motivations. Because if we don't get to the motivation, all those other skills aren't super helpful.
0: Mm -hmm, Very good. Well, you know, I'm just curious, especially being an educator myself, why and how you decided to get involved with the Enneagram, even to go all the way to being certified.
1: Yeah. So I have always loved any kind of good old quiz about myself. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people you know, love it. Uh, we do. We just like we're endlessly fascinating and everybody wants to know more about themselves. Like that's just who we are by human nature. And I started actually getting really involved in personality tools when I was in leadership programs in college. And we used Myers-Briggs and really dug in. And I had one of the leaders of our school had said, Oh, you should really check out the Enneagram. And I was like, um, what? And uh, so I'm 18 years old and he hands me this. I I don't know if your audience is old as I am, but the mimeographed page, like a copied mimeographed page with the purple dots (laughs) and it had these big, scary words on it, like envy and deceit. And I was like, what is this? And I like basically tossed it in the trash and went back to my happy Myers-Briggs. And then um, I started learning about Strengths Finders and, and use Strengths Finders and Myers Briggs both as, again, in my leadership practice. And in that toxic work environment that I was in, I started realizing they weren't enough. Like they didn't help me get anywhere. And I had a friend reintroduce me to the Enneagram. And once I started discovering my motivations, because there are nine types on the Enneagram, and my motivation was directly conflicting with an unskilled leader that I was working under. And of course we were having conflict. It wasn't because I'm crazy. And it wasn't because he's a terrible human. It was, we are having conflict because we're motivated differently. Now there were other behaviors that this toxic leader didn't have. There were other things that were unskilled and, and difficult about him that weren't related to you know Enneagram work. But I just started discovering that, oh, that's why these other communication tools aren't working that's why this conflict resolution isn't working because he's not motivated the same way that I am. And some other components to his way of coping was unhealthy. And so we were trying to cope in ways that were healthy and it wasn't working. And so that got me really interested in seeing that all these great trainings that I had, how to create good culture, how to solve conflict, how to, you know, all this, the, the three master's degrees I've got in these things, all of a sudden started to make more sense when undergirded by the Enneagram. And that's when I was like, oh, I need to know more. And I really wanted to have, as all educators do, we love going back to school. yes. Yes. <laughs> I wanted sure. to uh, yeah. I wanted to be responsible with that knowledge. You know, sometimes it can be very easy to read something and think we know about it. And so I really wanted to dig in and have some security that I was being responsible with this information and that the people that I was going to help had some security that like, okay, she's got a certification. She does know what she's talking about. Now, there's lots of people that have certifications, but I wanted to be responsible with that. And so that's what. The first thing was like, oh, my gosh, this is changing me. This is changing how I'm seeing
0: things, and it's effective. Then
1: it was, I want to be responsible with this information and help
0: other people use it. That's great. Now, you know, when you say you're certified, Jen, can you now, because you're certified, certify others to do this?
1: I do not. No, I do not have that type of certification. There are other types of certifications that you can do that. The Enneagram is... Not like the Myers-Briggs Finders disc, those that have been created and developed over the last century. The Enneagram is a more ancient tool. And so it is one that is more passed. It's been passed down through oral tradition. And oh. then really just in the last hundred years has started to, to be studied by some people named Gercek and some others. And, and so now the idea of certification is fairly new. In probably the last 25 years. So my certification doesn't allow me then to certify other people. It's just as a trainer
0: and a coach. Got it. Okay. Now you mentioned there are nine types and I'd Mm -hmm. love to know what type you are.
1: Oh, yes. So, I am – and the types are labeled by numbers. So, it might be helpful for me to do a really quick, like, 90-second okay. whirl around the types. So, if since this is a podcast, you're going to have to use your imagination, friends. <laughs> so, Maybe. imagine a circle, okay. like a clock, but instead of 12 numbers, there are nine. And – The nine is at the 12 o'clock spot. And just so you know, we're starting with the eight, which is like in the 11 o'clock spot. So imagine that eight, and then we're going to go eight, nine, one, and around the circle. And Enneagram eights are really motivated by protecting themselves and others. They like control, not because they need to be in control, but they are afraid of what happens when there is a leadership vacuum. So they tend to rush in because they do not want to be controlled or manipulated they come in and take charge. They have the most amount of energy on the Enneagram. And then we go to type nines and type nines have the least amount of energy because they are always concerned with maintaining connection and are deeply afraid of conflict, conflict at all, avoiding conflict at all costs. It's kind of the MO of that Enneagram nine. And the reason they have the least amount of energy is because they're always kind of merging with other people's opinions. And so they're like, oh, I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea because they don't want to cause conflict, but then they're frustrated that their idea is overlooked. But if I speak out, then I might cause conflict. And that's why Enneagram 9s have that type of struggle. And the Enneagram 1s are deeply motivated to be good and right. And so they can come off as perfectionistic and critical, but it's really because they have an internal critic that is constantly reminding them that they didn't meet the goal because the internal critic keeps moving the goalposts. And so that Enneagram one wants to be good and right all the way through. And then we move to Enneagram twos. And I should say that everybody wants all of these, but one of them is the most important. It's a little bit like everybody's on the bus, but only one person gets to drive. And so these are the motivations that are driving each type and Enneagram twos deeply don't want to be rejected. So they are helping. They want to help other people. They make themselves indispensable as a person who can not have their own needs and just meet the needs of everybody else. So they don't. So they maintain relationship and significance and connection. And then we move to Enneagram 3s. Enneagram 3s are like the walking motivational posters of the Enneagram. They are deeply motivated to achieve because that is where they have identity and significance. So meeting the goal, making the standard, winning the prize, that is the motivation of Enneagram 3s. And then Enneagram 4s are deeply motivated by being authentic and true all the way through. So they struggle with feeling like, what if I'm not enough? What if I'm not seen? And so they're constantly wanting to be unique and connected to their own internal value. But then they're afraid that that internal value doesn't get seen. And that's kind of the cycle of the Enneagram 4. Then we move to Enneagram 5s. And Enneagram fives are deeply motivated to know and be thoroughly competent. They are the big thinkers and observers of the Enneagram. And they want to, their way of keeping safe and secure is by having knowledge and they want to know deeply, deeply, deeply. I always joke that an Enneagram five can have a doctorate and think that they're not an expert. And then I had it happen (laughs) in a clubhouse room because they said it to me. (laughs) It's it's really true. And then Enneagram sixes are deeply motivated by preparation because they don't want to be physically or emotionally abandoned. And so they don't want to get blamed for anything. So they're always preparing. They ask a lot of questions because they are wanting to make sure everybody stays connected, including them. And that's how they stay safe. And then Enneagram sevens, which is my type, Enneagram sevens are deeply motivated by not missing out. They don't wanna be limited or trapped in pain. So they tend to be really excitable and joyful because if I am trapped in pain, then that's our deepest fear of missing out and being trapped in pain. So they tend to be excited and go to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. So that is a quick spin around the nine types of the Enneagram.
0: I'm really enjoying this episode, but you know what? I wanted to take a moment to talk to you, especially to you if you're ready to take this one precious life that we've all been given, but you're ready to take it seriously. If that's you, then pay attention. You know, I I owned an executive recruiting firm in Phoenix, Arizona, oh my gosh, for years. And I interviewed hundreds, maybe even thousands of people during that time, and I was asked the same two questions over and over, When What should I be when I grow up, Patricia? And then they just look at me and say, I know I'm older now, but I'm so nervous now. It was so sad to me. And then the next question, Patricia, I need to find a niche. I need to specialize. Do you think you could help me? And the answer is yes, I can help. Because it's very sad to me that our school system can never help us with this very important piece of our life. That's called our career. They have to do other things. But I knew that I could help, so I started doing workshops and books and counseling. And guess what? I discovered that people didn't want to do it the way I thought it should be done. Here's what they wanted. They wanted four things as I started working with them. They wanted to do it on their own terms, on their own time, when they wanted to do it. I call that SPL, where you learn it at your own pace self-paced learning number two they really wanted a community of like-minded people people that have been where they are challenged with what they have and then also got a result well guess what i started a facebook group and it's free called when passion meets profit number three they were ready to invest but you know what they said nope only to a certain point i will not invest in myself if it's not affordable okay check number four they wanted to see a difference At the end of a program, they wanted to see a difference, a result. Check. Guess what? I met all four of those requirements. I created a program called Your Gift is Your Niche. It's downloadable so you can do it at your own pace. So go to Your Gift is Your Niche, N-I-C-H-E dot com. And I want you to read about that and see if it resonates with you. And and really move fast on this because this is your life. Remember, this one precious life that you're given. And I for just a short time, I decided maybe, and maybe I'll continue it forever. If I really see that it's helpful. I want to create office hours. Once a week, I want to come on live with each one of you. You can ask as many questions as you want. You can literally come on and say, this worked for me. Who knows what you'll say. We all need the tools and techniques. We need to be asked the right questions. And that's what this course is about. So, if you're really ready to start maybe a full time business of your own, I don't know. Maybe you're ready to start a side business alongside your career, but you do know that you're ready to find your passion and you're ready to make a profit with it, then your gift is your niche is your answer. Let's get back to the podcast. Well, I love that. And I don't know these at all. So as you were going through them, I would think it would be, I thought it was going to be easy to identify with who you are. And it's not.
1: Mm -hmm. It takes a little bit. I mean, granted, this is, that was like a, you know, 120 second spin. And I do have a really great resource called, why do I keep doing this? That goes deeper into the motivations and the personality strategies and what the Enneagram does that people can have. And Then you start to notice, oh, I am motivated by that goal, that achievement. And oftentimes when you're starting to dig in, there's one of them that you're like, oh, I don't I don't like that. That makes me feel uncomfortable. And that's something to pay attention to, Uh because most people, when they find their Enneagram type are like, I've been trying to keep that hidden. I didn't know people knew about me, or I didn't know that other people were that, or I didn't know that was my personality. I thought that was a flaw. And so it's one of those, it's a journey and discovery personality type rather than fill out a multiple choice test and go, boop, 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 here you are, you know, like a little widget. It's a self-discovery tool and a self-awareness tool that takes the time because that's how self-awareness helps us improve anyway. So it's a, it's a discovery tool.
0: Yeah. So, Jen, now, would somebody contact you to take the Enneagram test or how Mm -hmm. is that how how it works? There's a couple
1: different ways that when I'm working with organizations or with my coaching clients. So I have a group coaching program called the Catalyst Leadership Lab where we I work with women on these different aspects of the Enneagram about decision making and communication skills and relationships and leadership and conflict resolution and all, all of those leadership skills that we work through, time management, etc. And so in that group, we work with describing the different types and really helping people understand each of the types and people decide for themselves what type they are. If they really struggle, like they can't figure it out, which is common because it's, mm-hmm. again, a self-discovery tool, then I do what's called a typing interview. And even in that typing interview, I don't say, hey, hey, Patricia, you are an Enneagram 4. I give you the information. It's like, here's what I'm hearing you say. Here is what the type four likes, or here's what I'm hearing you say. And here's what a type six is. You know, how do you feel about that? And by the end of that time, people decide because it's, it's your work to do to know what your type is. Cause if I type you and then I've mistyped you, there's now we're in a conflict that, well, you Mm -hmm. told me this, you know, and so you have to decide. And I often help people with the visual of it's like test driving a car. I'm going to see if this really fits me, if this is the way I want, I am in the world. And it starts to help you figure that out. There are Enneagram assessments, which I will use with organizations to kind of help get us a little further down the road. But even those assessments give you a couple options. And so I will work with individuals or teams to help them if that test didn't feel like that it was spot on. When I'm teaching, that's how we work with the assessment and the training And we get to that point where most people by the end are pretty sure what their type is, because once you have some data to work with, then you can know. So those are the two main ways that you can discover your Enneagram type.
0: Well, then, Jen, I was wondering, and I don't know this, but I wondered if people have like a mixture of I'm a number two, but I'm also a a little Mm. bit of a five, a little. I mean, I don't know that.
1: Yeah. Love this question. So the school of thought in the Enneagram that I subscribe to and ha- have been trained in is that you are just one Enneagram type. So you have one type that is, again, it's like driving your bus. That one motivation is driving your bus. But what's great about the Enneagram are there are connections to all almost all the other nine types. So If you ever see an Enneagram symbol, there's a whole bunch of crazy lines all over it. And those are the connection lines to other types. So I, as a seven, when I am feeling stressed, can move more into the space of an Enneagram one, and I can choose to go to some healthy spaces in there, or I can choose to go to some unhealthy spaces in there and stress Mm -hmm. because I need Mm -hmm. that number, that other personality tool to kind of help me. Make my way in the world and get my needs met. And so that's that stress number for me. But uh, when I'm feeling really secure, I can move to that five space. So, as a one, I need that one space to help me get things done, to order things, to make it right, to get details going, because that is not in my nature. And when I move to the five space of health, I can really choose the healthy spaces of focus, of deep work, because as a seven, I can get very scattered. And so Then I also have the numbers that are on either side of me that are called wings. And so Enneagram 8 and Enneagram 6 are on either side of the 7. And so I can lean into those for a little flavor. So feeling bold and getting that protection going, moving into that kind of dragging or pulling on that 8 wing, or I can get more prepared and really manage some of the anxiety and preparation with that 6 wing. So that's already four other numbers that I'm connected to besides my own one type. But I have, again, kind of that map analogy, I have to know where I'm starting.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's why it's really important to know and find your one type. I see that. And and I, I love the wing idea. So what's your, I think this is what you said, Jen, that let's say somebody's a four, then their wings are three and five. Is Absolutely. Oh, well I see. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: And it can be confusing because some people will say, I'll hear, well, I'm an eight wing three. Well, you're not. I love you, but you might have some misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because sometimes when people take an Enneagram assessment, it gives them options. And the way the options are worded, it's like a percentage, Which, but you're not 70% eight and 60% three. The percentages are predictions. We are 70% sure that you're an eight, and but you're 60% likely to be a three. And that's why it's so important to have somebody who understands the Enneagram help with a typing interview or teaching you about the type so you can make that educated
0: choice. I really see that. Now, you know, this podcast is really dedicated to people making a profit Mm -hmm. with doing what they love. And so I was wondering, do you think you can make a living teaching and, and working with the Enneagram?
1: Well, I think there's two different ways that we use the Enneagram. So one is... I help people use the Enneagram in their business. So while they're not using the Enneagram as their tool, they're using the Enneagram as their professional development and their personal development. So if you've got somebody like, just, I'm going to go for my Enneagram one friends. I love y'all. And you're they get real perfectionistic and it can take them forever to put something out into the world because they're afraid it's not perfect and what if it's not right and what if i get rejected and what if all these people say it's wrong and that can be debilitating to somebody trying mm-hmm. to use their gifts of let's say web design you mm-hmm. know like it has to be perfect or they over you know they're like i'm going to bid this job at 60 hours and because they're so detail oriented and perfectionistic they Bid 60, but it took 70, and now they've lost 10 hours of income. Mm -hmm. But if they know about themselves, that is their tendency, then they can start to loosen that grip. And there's work that I do with clients to help them do that. But then they're like, oh, okay. And they can be brave in that, being prolific over perfect or messy versus right. And so that's the way that I help, let's call civilians, use the Enneagram to make profit. And then if somebody is interested in using the Enneagram as their gifted tool. So like the way I use the Enneagram, it is one of the things that I teach as a speaker and a coach to help people. And that's how I make my living. So it's one of the things that I'm using. Now, clearly I'm using speaking as well, but Mm -hmm. my topic is often connecting the Enneagram to burnout or connecting the Enneagram to conflict resolution, helping teams with communication that type of work. So I think those are the two ways we use the Enneagram in business.
0: Yeah, I love it. I I love how brilliant you are to know, okay, this is how I can utilize this Enneagram to make a profit in a business and still help people Mm -hmm. that are out there needing the help. Yes, I love that. So, you know, I'm I'm thinking about a person and I know she's just so interested. She actually texted me while we were on (laughs) saying, I love this topic. And so what advice would you give this person or people that are listening, if they really resonate with this Enneagram, what should they do next?
1: Absolutely. So if you are that person who is like, okay, this is intriguing. It sounds like mm-hmm. something could be really help me. I, I mean, I'm going to invite you just to follow me because I talk about the Enneagram all the time. And I write about the Enneagram once a month in my newsletter, a couple of times a month on my blog and on my Instagram. I'm always giving really practical tips because the Enneagram is one of those things that some people talk about, like it's a big cloud in the sky and it's some Mm -hmm. ah, thing out there. That's not me. And some people talk about the Enneagram, like, here's what you should wear on vacation if you're an Enneagram 6. And that is also not me. So what I'm interested in doing is helping you say, okay, well, how can I find my type? And then how do I use that to make my life better? How do I become a better entrepreneur? How do I become a better mom? How do I become somebody who feels confident and self-assured in my own skin. That's what I'm doing. So I would love to invite you to follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn and and do that. If you're wanting to start your own journey and you're like, I don't know if I'm ready for a guide. (laughs) I really love two books that get people started. One's called The Road Back to You, and it's by Suzanne Stabile and Ian Morgan Cron. And that is a good primer on the Enneagram. If you don't know your type, there's checklists in there and kind of 20 things about a three. It also kind of describes through story what that person looked like as a child and what they look now and what they look like in stress and what they look like when they're feeling secure and these different. And so it's just a really good introduction book. It's pretty short and small. Another book that is great to start out with is called the honest enneagram and it's by a woman named Sarah Jane Case and Sarah Jane Case talks a lot about something we haven't talked about which is instinctual subtypes so there are different subtypes of each enneagram type that can be a little bit confusing but it's another great entry point into the enneagram especially if you've read something you're like oh I think I'm this but it doesn't quite fit me you know like I feel like I'm a 7 but I don't behave this way There are different subtypes that kind of show up behaviorally differently, but their motivation is still the same. So the honest Enneagram is another great one to look into, but I'm always inviting people to connect with me because I help people. I do a lot, a lot of content that is out there for you to learn and and grow, but then oftentimes people have questions. So just Mm -hmm. DM me, like I'm Mm -hmm. totally open to DMs. If you're interested in working with me, I love my group coaching program of women and I really help those women, first of all, develop a community because I love community learning. I think that's us as teachers. And the you start to see how different Enneagram types respond. Because if I'm always trying to help you get better and so you can work better with people, you have to see how other people operate. You have to understand their Enneagram type too. So you can see in a community how it functions. And you go, I had one woman who was like, my husband is an eight. She was a six and her husband was an eight and in the group was another eight. And our friend who was an eight was talking and our friend who was the six was like, oh my gosh, that's why my husband does this. Thank you for sharing that. Like she just had no idea that Mm -hmm. somebody else would think so differently. And that's what I love about the community aspect of that. And that's what helps teams too. So if you're interested in learning more about that, I would love to invite you as well.
0: Yeah. So Jen, how does a person get in touch with you? Are you Jen Whitmer everywhere?
1: Pretty much. So I'm Jen underscore Whitmer clubhouse and Instagram and all those kinds of places on LinkedIn. I'm Jen Delaria Whitmer. So if you Delario is my maiden name, so kind of easy to find, but the best place to go is jenwhitmer.com. So J E N N W H I T M E R.com and jenwhitmer.com, There's a freebies section where you can get The why do I keep doing this freebie? There's a quiz for you. You can kind of take and discover your leadership type. And at the bottom are all the socials. And that's how you can disconnect with me. So the best place to go is there.
0: Good. I'm so glad you said that. Well, I want to give you seven golden nuggets that you said (gasps) today, Jen. Oh,
1: I love seven (laughs) golden nuggets. It sounds like a basket of joy.
0: (laughs) They came from you. So here we go. Number (laughs) one, look for your bigger place. I really liked when you said that because I think we we're very happy to just stay mediocre and, and there's bigger things for us to do out there. So I love that. Number two, the more you know yourself, the more successful you will be. And that's a fact. I've seen that with, as I interview successful people. They are very aware of themselves. Number three, we all put ourselves in a box, learn how to move in that box. That was one of my favorite things you said, because you're, mm. they're thinking, we're putting them in a box. No, no. You put yourself in that box. Now just learn how to move around in it. Now, aren't you genius, by the way, and so far? <laughs> number I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I didn't know this is going to be so fun at the end. Number four, the Enneagram is just a map. It will help you know where you are to get where you're going. And number five. I love this. What type are you? I'm not happy with the type I think I am, but I think I'm number two. I, you know, I'm always helping others and I forget about me. So then I have to change my thought process around that. But it's a good awareness. I'm glad that I found that. I might not be that. I'm just making it up from what you said today. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to know with you out there listening, what one do you think you are? What type? Because I really think this can help with relationships, not only mm-hmm. with others, but with yourself. Absolutely. Number six, use the Enneagram as your professional tool. I love that. And I am going to use it as my professional tool. And then number seven, if you're not ready for thinking bigger with Jen, then you might want to think about buying the book The Road Back to You or The Honest Enneagram. Is that right? Mm -hmm. The Honest Enneagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, however, if you are interested in the Enneagram as much as I am, you want to get with Jen, J-E-N-N, W-H-I-T, Amazon Mary, E R.com. Because I, I really feel it's time to open up and, and expose ourselves to so many new ways of thinking, not only about us, but about others. You know, in this divisive world that we're in, mm. this could really help, couldn't it? This could Absolutely. be a, a real tool. Yeah. And I would love to,
1: you know, if a book sounds overwhelming, you're like, what am I going to read a book? That tool, the why do I keep doing this that I have on my website at in the freebies section, it gives you all nine types. So even after you discover your own type, then you can start to see in these six pages. So it's pretty short. Oh, I think maybe this, you know, my VA might be this. And you can Mm -hmm. start to, you know, use that and just explore. It's as it's, we said, it's a map. It's it's an exploration tool. It don't. This is not like holding on tight, like <laughs> type mm-hmm, work. It mm-hmm. is hmm, curiosity work. It's discovery work. And I, I just think that that why do I keep doing this booklet can really help you begin that discovery process.
0: That's great. And that's a wonderful free gift to give people, Jen. I can't thank you enough for your wonderful knowledge and that you're an educator and you're still educating just at a different (laughs) level now. And I thank you for being here with us. And until we meet again, everybody, it's Patricia Noel Drain and Jen Whitmer. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for your time. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating and reviewing. It really helps us. And it helps us to know that you're there listening to it, that it's helpful to you. If you want more, you want to go beyond this podcast, guess what? We have a Facebook community just waiting for you to join. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain.